Welcome to What's Next, Hornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hi, this is Tim Venable of Coronet Global. Welcome to this edition of What's Next, where our topic is planning for the workforce of tomorrow. What do Gen Z workers value concerning work, life, and career, and how might that affect your future real estate design? Why is researching these youth on their own terms so important? We'll explore these questions and more as we take a detailed look at a year-long research project that Microsoft conducted with its partners, Gensler and International Connector. Joining me today are three of the key players who made this happen. First, we have Matt Ayers, who served as Microsoft Project Lead. He is the lead for research and innovation for Microsoft Real Estate and Facilities. Welcome, Matt. Thanks, Tim. Also joining us is Joel Ferris, who served as Research Lead. He is in charge of design research and strategic futures for Gensler. Welcome, Joel. Thanks, Tim. And we also have Marty Grimmick, Youth Engagement Lead for the project. She is founder and CEO of International Connector. Welcome, Marty. Thanks for having us, Tim. Okay, so let's dive into this topic. Here's my first question. What were the drivers for this research and what led to it happening? Thank you, Tim. It's nice to be with you again today. Um, so let me take that question first. Uh, Microsoft are making investments in the redevelopment of our uh, Redmond campus and campuses globally. And so it's important that we conduct um, future focus studies. The core focus of our work was the need to understand the workforce that we're designing for and building for. In the COI team, we're looking out at the future horizons, maybe three to five years out, and looking to inform the vision and strategy decisions for Microsoft Real Estate's organization. In our work, we already had uh, an established partnership with uh, Gensler for design services and workplace strategy. And as we developed an outline for this Gen Z study, we were introduced to Joel and the future foresight team at Gensler. And together we began to form a research team to undertake this study. Marty, meantime, had been introduced to me um, at a seminar uh, some months earlier. And as we shaped the research project, it was obvious that undertaking a study on Gen Z globally was going to be uh, challenging and, and offer some unique opportunities. And it was really um, that need uh, to reach out to a global youth audience that brought uh, Marty and International Connector into the team. And so with that um, began uh, what's now been about two years worth of work on studying Gen Z and looking at the implications around our workplace at Microsoft. Okay, great, Matt, thank you. Next, if you would, please frame the research. How did you conduct it? Yeah, I'll take that question, Tim. Um... I'll start by saying there's two two big things to to just establish as kind of maxims of the work. And the first is that we really believe real estate organizations are uniquely positioned within the enterprise to be conveners and facilitators of, of transformation. And that's because nothing happens nowhere, right? Place is the platform for human experience and especially for empowering our employees to perform and to innovate and to collaborate and to learn. So uh, that, that's the first one. We think it's important that real estate is leading in this work. And, and often that's our, our response to the question, why, why real estate? Why is real estate studying the future workforce? Um, 
Second, we really believe that if we're going to drive transformation and innovation across the enterprise uh, to be future ready uh, in some uh, meaningful way, uh, we have to ask new questions. We can't just implement existing answers, right? The paradigm itself of place and how we support work needs to evolve. And so we framed this research as an effort to get to a new question uh, more than it was to get to a new answer. Now, obviously there were a lot of insights and we'll get to those, uh, but we wanted to conduct this research in a generative manner and, and not a derivative manner. So those are the two big points of framing. Uh, we were able to go engage young people uh, virtually around the world using uh, virtual engagement tools to qualitatively understand the needs and the aspirations uh, that, that they express from their perspective. And in doing that, facilitating those conversations, we were able to generate and identify new needs, new unmet latent needs that we could then begin to solve for creatively. So uh, we then followed that work up, the qualitative engagement work with a, uh, a global um, survey. And through this process in conducting a mixed methodology study, we were able to arrive at not only significant insights, but some really profound new questions for real estate to begin answering as we prepare for the future workforce, the future of work, and ultimately what it means to create value uh, in, in this new uh, millennium. Great, Joel, thank you. Now, how and why did you work with young people for this research? What uh, technologies did you use? So I'll jump in. Thanks, Tim. For this uh, study, we, we purposely work with diverse groups of young innovators, as we call them, worldwide. And we're looking for signals of change. What trends, ideas, models, perspectives, what, what should we be aware of? And so for this particular project, we curated a group of 110 young innovators from 60 countries. And as Joel mentioned, they were collaborating through a virtual interactive space. Now, the back end of that tech is on Miro, but we infused a co-designing techniques through what we call community participatory models. And so this type of human-centric design has specifically been created um, for a digitally savvy generation. And the purpose is to uncover a stronger set of insights than what you would gather from say traditional research tools. We bring these young people into the process because of the fact that they are early adopters. And as I was saying, they're digitally savvy. They bring a lot of authenticity, um, raw reactions, and they provide a wealth of key indicators. So, and so much of this is impacting the insights of where place is today and where it will be in the future. Okay, great. Thanks, Marty. And now, what were some of those key insights that you referred to? Um, I can kick this off and then Marty can, uh, can add some, some more detail. There were, there were a few big insights thematically that really kind of permeated everything. This one is this idea of what we've been calling the ecology of choice, that the primary expectation and aspiration of young people entering the workforce today is that the working experience is characterized by diversity. 
and not just identity diversity, but diversity of experience, diversity of place, diversity of teams, diversity of process, and diversity of projects. They really want to have this ecology, right? And so the imperative uh, of real estate organizations is to think about how they're facilitating, designing, facilitating, and equipping this ecology of places and ecology of experiences that empowers workers and employees with choice and agency and autonomy to choose how, when, and where they work in a way that fits them best. So that ecology of choice is really important. That, that notion of diversity of experience is really important. And this implicates everything from focus work to learning, to socialization, uh, collaboration, and innovation, right? The second big finding is uh, what we've been calling the age of search. And this really has to do with the learning worker, right? The learning worker is beginning to uh, displace the knowledge worker. The knowledge worker would, would uh, accumulate uh, a depth of information and apply that then over the course of their career. The learning worker uh, perpetually accumulates information and the knowledge base that they're applying to their work evolves and changes constantly over time. The big idea here though, is that we have essentially outsourced our retention. So what digital technology has done and how young people especially have adapted to it is their entire uh, construct or notion of what it means to be an expert, what it means to know and what it means to be, uh, you know, to, to apply knowledge has radically changed because they have search, right? They can search the internet. There is a, a multitude of tools that allow people to find and access information in real time when they need it on demand. So we've outsourced that retention. You no longer need to retain all of your expertise and information in your brain. What you need to, another way to put it is you don't need to have the answers. What you need to know how to do is ask the right questions. So uh, this implicates learning, it implicates knowledge exchange and, and collaboration. Uh, and it implicates how we think about what it means to be an expert, what it means to be credentialed, to have intellectual or academic pedigrees. All of these things are becoming radically uh, different today uh, as young people have acquired the tools and heuristics of search to acquire knowledge and apply it in real time. So the way that we build our systems, the way that we build our places, and the way that we uh, cultivate the, the the knowledge networks, of, you know, via social capital and relationships, is really important for the future of work. Um, so that that's the second big finding. There's a few more. Marty, do you want to to add some color to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the ones that I wanted to touch on was about the fact that we saw that young people looked for uh, themes and not titles, and this was a really interesting shift just in terms of how people are addressing or thinking about where they want their career paths to be. And the reason that this was also really fundamental and important to think about is that most of those themes, almost all of them, were really sitting in, in the social impact space. And we're seeing this type of trend everywhere where the initial interest in a in a company in a place to work has to come back to those ESG the environmental social and governance these indicators how is this company impacting the world how is this company addressing 
environmental concerns, all these things. And they're making their decisions about where they want to work and what they want to do and go into based on that output. And that really does impact everything in terms of real estate or just future work or your current employee base. Yeah. And one more thing that's become just exceedingly clear is that as we've been conducting this research and as we've been exploring these various topics and engaging with young people and really trying to define the role of place and this ecosystem of work, what we've learned is that the experience side of things, that the policy side of things, that the, the operational side of things in terms of how companies run uh, are inextricable from place, right? That, that trying to have a real estate conversation without talking about a policy conversation or a culture conversation is really, really difficult. And I think that thematically, uh, one of the things that we've learned as well as really leaned into in terms of the way that we've partnered with, with collaborators across Microsoft is that real estate models are inextricable from other management models, culture models, operational models, uh, policy models, that these things have to be taken into consideration holistically, uh, that to try and solve for place without also solving for uh, process and technology and culture uh, is, is going to be very, very difficult and will continue to drive a, a siloing of, of real estate that perpetuates the, an insufficient service uh, delivery model. So that's, that's a really important thing to note that as we're talking about these things, as we're talking about the ecology of work, uh, that we're uh, trying to cultivate a conversation that's holistic uh, and that that conversation includes our partners from, you know, human resources and technology and, and uh, other teams across the company so that we're solving for these challenges holistically. Okay, some excellent insights there. Thanks, Joel and, and Marty. And now as we wrap up, I have two final questions for the group. Why is Microsoft Corporate Real Estate uniquely positioned to run this type of work? And the second one is, why is Microsoft investing in this? So, Tim, thank you for the question. Um, Joel said earlier that uh, real estate were in a unique place to convene um, uh, across the organization, uh, folks that are focused on um, the future workplace and our employee talent um, and designing um, workplace environments that uh, yield value. So I don't know that I'll, I'll expand too much more on that at the moment. Um, but what I would say is that um, this work has helped the real estate team generate um, a number of things um, from, from the research effort. Um, it's helped us identify issues that we should investigate. It's helped us develop a more holistic strategy uh, for real estate. Um, specifically, the insights from the research have enabled the development of what we've called uh, a North Star, um, a roadmap effectively that will help us manage the course of our work through uh, shifting currents and equip us to uh, pursue uh, the designs for our future uh, workplace. Uh, COVID is, is obviously the latest of a series of events that's demonstrated that change is no longer a simple cause and effect phenomenon. It's a systemic, complex and difficult to forecast uh, situation that we're in. Um, and it highlights the value of that North Star to help guide our work. And again, um, you know, formed in this research that we've been doing. Um, also grounded in um, the future workforce research, 
um, and this North Star was a set of core principles that we believe should be applied across uh, any space for the betterment of uh, mental health, learning um, uh, at Microsoft. These principles uh, emphasize a way to design um, both uh, individual and team experiences and also begin to explore and expand upon uh, the role of our workplace in a broader community level. Um, the research I mentioned earlier uh, has, has created some opportunities for us. One of those is an idea that we've been pursuing over the last few months and we'd be happy to uh, talk to you more about, but that's um, outposts, uh, a series of connected spaces that are off campus uh, that encourage choice and autonomy and learning um, that we hope meet the sort of the aspirations of uh, youth um, and, and the future workforce um, at Microsoft. Uh, and they go beyond uh, simply, you know, providing uh, additional workspaces, but they really uh, lean heavily in on understanding individual and team needs. Um, and again, sort of placing our workplace more specifically in the community and thinking about um, it, it contextually that way. So um, beyond the, the outpost concept that we're, we're working on, um, we've also been uh, working on three um, simultaneous research streams that are looking at our longer workplace, longer term workplace vision. Um, and we're benchmarking um, and using this uh, future workforce research as a basis for that. So again, in the face of, uh, you know, shifting uh, workplace practices and hybrid work, et cetera, um, we've got three streams of work that are pulling on science and data analytics to help us uh, understand the future of work. We're looking at specific application to our larger campuses. And then there are larger, broader paradigm shifts that are taking place that, that again, are, are important to us as we, we think about the future of work and workplace. And, and again, this research on um, the, the the Gen Z workforce has, has been, been an invaluable uh, baseline to that to those efforts. So following COVID and following these research tracks, we know that the new workplace, both physical and virtual, is going to be very different. Uh, we know that there are going to be new challenges and opportunities to further imp improve the employee experience. And so ultimately, what we're looking to do is deliver more transformational experiences, uh, be forward thinking, um, anticipate the work and the need of uh, the, the, uh, of our employees, um, and, and most importantly, offer a way for the Microsoft team to be much more nimbler um, in the way that we address these challenges. Um, and the research work and its insights really has uh, created a way for us to, to develop that roadmap that will allow us to advance our workplace. Matt, I think you're, I think you're really on point there. And I, one thing that you said about change and, you know, the change is no longer a phenomenon of cause and effect, I think is, is really important to highlight that it, it's more and more important that real estate organizations begin to catalyze a set of principles that guide their decision-making and their investments, right? That we can no longer really rely on best practices uh, for thinking about how we're designing for and empowering the experience of work within our, within our companies. Uh, because best practices often become obsolete by the time they've reached the masses, right? That's just the nature of change today. And I think this also sheds some light on why this kind of research is so important and why Microsoft is investing in it, which is that 
futures-oriented research isn't about predicting the future, right? Futures-oriented research is about informing yourself in a way that allows you to project with confidence a vision of the world that you want to create, a vision of the world that you want to contribute to. And ultimately, that, that vision, it creates a common place for, for a cohesive and shared understanding of what it is that you're working for across, across the enterprise. And, and it can inform the business model and the operational model uh, and the culture of, of the organization uh, if, if everyone's kind of working towards that, that targeted and universal vision. So uh, the ability to uh, begin thinking about the kind of world you want to create and to establish a North Star that we can all can follow. And, and we use North Star intentionally, right? It's very different than GPS. It's not prescriptive in the, in the path you take but it is a direction that we want to pursue. So uh, I, th I think that's, that's just an important um, point to make as, as we're talking about investing in our future, creating a, a, a better world, uh, one of shared prosperity, uh, one of fulfilling and meaningful work, uh, and one where our organizations are um, contributing uh, to, that, to that vision effectively. Joel, I'll just add a little bit more color to that as well, just to say that I think what's been so unique about working with Gensler and um, Microsoft in this process is that you have embraced what that means in terms of younger generations. So not just doing a study and dismissing it or putting it aside, um, but that the whole process has embedded the youth perspective in there and gone back to it several times and brought them into to many conversations to understand what is shifting, how they're reacting to it, and really um, breaking that wall of divide, but really including everybody into the conversation. So it's been a phenomenal experience on all end collaborating uh, and just incredible to see the results. Okay, wonderful. Well, Matt, Joel, and Marty, uh, this has been fascinating. It's been great talking with you. I've learned a lot, and I'd like to thank you again for sharing this story and sharing these uh, excellent insights with Cornet Global. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Hey, Tim. Uh, it was a real pleasure. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.